Ross Chapman, my things are coming off. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of I Understood That Reference. Welcome. My name is Ross, as usual, and I'm joined by my co-host. Yeah, my name is Rob all the time, not just usually. So there you go there. I mean, sometimes you've been known to go by very different names, let's be honest. <laughs> we're, but, not, uh, we're definitely not getting into that. Probably not, not at the moment, getting into that today. No way. <laughs> we'll end up back in the murk. We're back in the murk. I mean, we're 20 seconds in and we're already knee deep in murk again. Our favorite place to be. I mean, we're back in it, but it's our favorite place. Right. We have so, so much to cover, so we should probably just barrel on Please. into it. So first off, let's do the Ross fact, Rob fact from last week. If you can remember what yours is. I, I do remember. Okay, Rob, was your fact last week true or false? Um, so my fact last week was um, Robin Williams is so disgruntled with Disney in terms of how they treated his image after Aladdin that he was replaced by Jim Carrey in Aladdin 2. I wonder if anybody like there wasn't an Aladdin 2 that's not that's not the directed video it still counts <laughs> um, mine was in fact false it wasn't Jim Carrey it was Dan Castaneda of Simpsons fame subbed in although to be honest and Art Rum Jim yeah, that's true to be honest I don't think they would have gotten Robin Williams back for um, a directed video thing anyway I feel like he was looking for any bit of an excuse to like one and done I'm out of here yeah like there's a whole story about him not liking Disney because of rights issues and he mm. only wanted to be on like 40% of all advertising media and instead they put the genie front and center but like you said he was probably just like I ain't doing no direct to video bullcrap <laughs> like get me out of this like <laughs> yeah, I'm disgruntled because of the way they use my image yeah I know but I, I he seemed like he was a bit fussed about that kind of stuff anyway. Like, he'd, he'd have very famously, like, very um, very strict, like, and specific kind of d- details in his contracts when he'd work on movies. Like, one of them, one of his famous ones is that he'd always insist that the movie studio he was working with for a particular project would hire some local, <laughs> this is a weird way of saying it, but local homeless people to, like, to get them off the streets, get them a bit of work. <laughs> local isn't they were in the area. <laughs> not, that, not that it was, oh, it's John, your, locally, your local homeless man. He's here and he's ready to work. <laughs> Where does he live? Just down the road. And on it. <laughs> and on it, yeah. <laughs> a local homeless man. That's I've never heard it described like that. <laughs> I know. As I was saying, I was kind of like... Ugh. Anyway, Ross, what was your fact? Yeah, so I was like, were we in the middle of a bit? Yes, so uh, my fact from last week, which was now true, as we found out, and like 75% of the people who took our poll on Twitter got correct, is that uh, Peter Cushing was entirely 3D animated and CGI for Star Wars Rogue One, and they needed a, a cast of his face that was used in the 1980s spoof film Top Secret, which had like its 30th anniversary or 27th anniversary, weirdly enough, last week. Total coincidence, didn't even mean it. But it works. I hadn't even heard of that movie. It is great. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. Is it really? Yeah, it, it, it genuinely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be serious for a second. It's actually, good. it's actually good. We've got, of course, it's my turn this week. The great reference game. My <laughs> yeah, turn well, to guess. Yeah, stop, stop. You're so excited about it. You are nearly trying to predict what I'm going to tell you at this point. Okay, so this week, here it is. Are you listening? Hello, are you there? Oh, I'm there, and I'm listening. <laughs> here we go. The reference is, but remember, be yourself. Good God. Okay. Wow, that is so short. (laughs) That is so short. Okay. Do you want me me to add a little bit of an accent to it? Of course. Why did you even ask? (laughs) But remember, be yourself. Holy God. Okay, okay, okay. I can work with that. All right, well, good, because that's literally all I have. <laughs> yeah, because that's it. <laughs> We're out of here. Okay, so that's the great reference game done. That's Ross Fact, Rob Fact for this week done. Excellent. Let's goal. just jump on in. <laughs> let's just do it. We've got some news, and then we've got some E3 stuff. So let's just jump jump right into news. Okay. Rob, do you want to go, or shall I go? Um, I'll go. Men in Black International is coming out, which I had completely forgotten about. Why... I mean, I think a lot of people Why did. Why did they make this? Explain it to me. I'll explain it to you exactly why they made this. Because Thor Ragnarok did very well 
and uh, the partnership of Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth looked great. There you go. That's our Men in Black film done and dusted. Let's not even think about it. Just release it. <laughs> it's, it's not doing great. It's got like 42 Metacritic. I've seen some of the the trailers, even the effects look. I get that, you know, the older ones, the the the, the older movies, they, they were supposed to kind of like gaudy and over the top. But you would, you would hope, but that's also kind of a sign of the times. Like that was late 90s, early noughties kind of CG. So it kind of suited it. Was it. Yeah, it was the style back then. Yeah, it was the style. But, you know, you would think they could still age it gracefully but it just it looks like garbage and it just looks I don't, it looks so weird i don't understand why <laughs> why i mean this but this was never going to this was never going to set uh, any kind of cinemas on fire unless in a bad way which it might still set some cinemas on fire well, um, well funny you should mention that because sort of side note just talking of chris hemsworth and fire and thor ragnarok how about that segue Apparently, Quentin Tarantino, they were asking him about him. He used to be a fan of Men in Black or something, but he came out and he said that uh, he's a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. He's made some kind of Men in Black going to see because of Chris Hemsworth and that it was... Thor Ragnarok is just... If, you know, if if someone is, uh, like, mad as QT would like would like your, <laughs> your movie, I think, you know, you, you, you've pretty much covered every demographic at that point. Yeah, I think... Jesus, God, if, if Quentin Tarantino said he enjoyed Thor Ragnarok... Is unusual because mm. he doesn't strike me as a uh, as a comic book guy. No, I just think I guess it had such a unique style. People were like, "Yeah, we're into this." It's you know, there, this is a yeah, good it was. I love that film, by the way. Oh well, I think that's the, my point. It's it's you can't hate it. It's too fun. That's a that's you know what? That's a great way to describe it. You can't hate it. Like physically, you can try, yeah, but you won't be able to hate it. It's just not but possible. But then, like Taika Waititi will just lean in from like over your shoulder and he'll just slap you in the jaw and he'll just say, "How dare oh." How dare you? How dare you not like my movie? Hello, that's what he'd say. That what? That's I mean. It's look. It's veering into Australian. I, know. I, I can't do the Kiwi one. <laughs> I can't. Do... I told me, look, that was it was good. I'm not. I'm not giving out. It was. Uh, it was certainly passable. I have. You know. You, I mean, look. You can't hate it. That's what I will say. You can't hate it. <laughs> I'll give that one to you. I will definitely give that one to you for the accent as well. Although now it's got me confused again about the reference that I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, it's not. It's not that, Ross. It's not nope. that. This was an aside. This wasn't meant to come up. <laughs> Interesting, by the way, you mentioned Quentin Tarantino. Wait, sorry. Well, I was. Did you have some Tarantino news? Oh God, yeah. Did you hear? Um, as of just a few hours ago, oh. he has been confirmed to be director of a new Star Trek movie. Is this interesting? Because oh, this is real. Because months ago he said he wanted to make one, but he'd only make it if he could make it R-rated. Do you remember when that news came out? So- oh, it's R-rated. Oh my god, he got his way. I probably should have also led with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's this that seems more I know, right? I was like, Ross, come on. Does this... Is it gonna be in the Pineverse? What's the story here? Um I all I know is that he's going to direct it and it's going to be an R rated movie. Um I didn't even know we were gonna get time to talk about this today, but I'm glad that we did. Well, here's one little wrinkle I would like to add to it, because he famously said he's ever he's only ever gonna direct ten movies. And and um, once upon a time in Hollywood, his latest one is his ninth. So is his final one going to be a Star Trek one? Either I was just going to like scrub that from history that he ever said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time he did something ridiculous or said something ridiculous and then had that to back to get scrubbed it. from history. Oh, we're back in the mark. <laughs> I'm not going to. I won't elaborate. <laughs> we're back in the mark. <laughs> but Ross, on the, on the, on the, let's, let's not dwell on the men in black, how bad it is. Let's, but let's keep in that vein of how bad things are. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Quick question. Will it be worse or better than Apocalypse? I wanted to ask you on this episode, so tell me. Now, I'm intrigued by what level you're categorizing each of those films. Now, I'm going to go with my classification, which is that X-Men 3 is better than X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. Do you disagree? No, I, I, I definitely agree. Okay, that's all right then. Well, then we're working, we're working on the same review score. Well, then I would say that it's going to be I mean, could it be worse than X-Men Apocalypse? That was a very, 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 very bad film. (laughs) Mm. This is actually difficult. This is actually difficult right now. Look, X-Men X3, The Last Stand, will be better than it. That, yes. That's that's just, I will just Mm. say that. Which is weird for me to say about a Brett Ratner film. Um, The Merc. I will hazard a guess. God, I didn't even think about that. I mean, we can't talk about X-Men films. Brian Singer and Brett Ratner. Oh God, the lawyers are back. <laughs> <laughs> They've been here the whole time. They never, never left. No, 
That is true. Right, Mike. So my prediction, it will be worse than X-Men Apocalypse. Because they didn't have to reshoot the end, the entire ending of the film because it was too similar to Captain Marvel. And then when they showed to test audiences the new ending, everyone was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I had to cover I, my mouth there. I was laughing so loud. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think um, I think it's good. It's, I, honestly, I think Apocalypse has to be one of the worst things I've ever seen. So I don't think it's going to be worse than that. I, it can't be. It just can't be worse than that. So that's my... But it, it'll definitely be worse than X3. It'll be worse. So it'll be better. X3 will be better than it. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree yeah. with that. Mm. And I think it'll be a smidge better than It's a than shame Apocalypse. because I love the cast, you know. I, yeah, but you like they're not dealing with the past very well here because, as you rightly pointed out, Michael Fassbender ages maybe about three years across the three decades <laughs> from the 60s to the 90s. And then by the 2000s, he just suddenly becomes Ian McKellen. So already, past isn't something <laughs> they're very good with here. And I mean, Ian McKellen, even at Michael Fassbender's age, looked old. So <laughs> yeah. never mind when he's Ian McKellen's age. <laughs> he was he was blooming into his Gandalf hood at that point. He was he was definitely you can you look at him and you think Gandalf. I don't care what anybody says. Even in X Men, you're taking Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you see Michael Fassbender, and he's like, "Oh, hello." <laughs> I'm Irish. I'm from County Kerry. Yeah, let's. But I, I just wanted to get a sense because it's got 43 Metacritic. So that's not good. But um, I should have looked up what ooh, Apocalypse ooh. was, but this is still a more personal opinion. But just wanted to quickly keep in the murk, talk about the bad stuff while we were just quickly firing through it. But um, what else have you got cooking in the news front? Right. Okay. I said before that I would talk about this and I want to talk about it just for a few minutes now. And it's Cobra Kai season two. Oh, Jesus. We're back on this show. <laughs> oh, I'm th- listen. We've been over this before, but you need to get on that. Well, my issue is is that it's on YouTube Premium, and I just can't bring myself to purchasing that. And that's good, because this is the piece of news I want to discuss. Season 3 has officially been announced, and Season 1 and 2 are going to stream on YouTube for free in, I believe it is maybe October. So you'll be able to catch them all then. Great. You can wait till then, right? <laughs> um really depends on what I'm waiting for. Because <laughs> if you can't, YouTube Premium is only like however many euros or dollars a month that it costs. Do I have to click through like your referral link or something? Is that what you're trying to really... This is like this elaborate ruse just so that you get a little bit of commission from... After you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I paid for Cobra Kai. I need to earn this money back. I'm going to convince all my friends to sign up just to just to offset the cost. My Cobra Kai cost, I call it. If you get one Rob to sign up, then your entire experience has been free. <laughs> Which I mean, technically, mine has. But anyway, um, basically, check that show out. It's amazing. I was talking about it before mm. and how good it, like the premise is and how I it remember. follows up on what the original did. It's done superbly well. As in, like, it's all the reviews are fantastic. It's it's been ridiculously watched the most digital or watched digital show or something like that. And obviously, YouTube Premium's best and probably only uh, original show that's done so well. But um, I think it's going to continue to do so. It's really, really good. It's like completely cheesy, loves it, very self-aware, really like has the nostalgia factor and something done properly. Nostalgia done right, which I haven't seen probably ever before that something's been done so right. I mean, Star Wars The Force Awakens kind of hits on it a bit with all that nostalgia, but that more just completely retreads the original without doing anything new of its own. That's the crux of that one, though. It's too safe and too on the nose in terms of the comparisons you can compare it with, you know, the original. So, yeah, so, like Four Seconds is fun, but it's not a masterpiece by any stretch. By any stretch. Like you said, it's fine, though. It's it's uh, The Force Awakens is a fine film. It was it was a great modern update. I would always say it's a great modern update to the to the, you know, it, it brought back the old sensibilities, but had a modern sort of approach. And then, of course, um, it was just great fun to watch the cinema. But, you know, in retrospect, very safe. Oh my god, we could talk that fucking saga to death. Let's keep going. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay. Um. Well then, I'm gonna be because obviously now we've got a reputation for being like precogs. You know, that's that that minority reporting where people can tell the future. I love that film. Do you love that film? I love it. I'm. I, I have a soft spot for Spielberg anyway. But I, there's something about that whole aesthetic and the future time cop situation. It's not time cop. It's not the time cop universe. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it should be. But it's great. It's just in. Minority Report confirmed as Time Cop, the MCU-style universe. 
That'd be great. Also, Colin Farrell, as little as in that film, is very good. Oh yeah, because he's the he's the police officer. He's the guy hunting him down. Yeah, but he, he doesn't do a whole lot. He's mainly in his office actually for most of the film, if if memory serves me correctly. God. Anyway, getting off point here again. <laughs> so basically, I'm going to use my precog skills, and we're talking about nostalgia and bringing back things and being successful. I'm going to call the next big Netflix TV show. It's going to be huge. It's not released till August, but it's going to be massive. Rob, have you okay. heard about Dark Crystal? I know. Oh, I know the original. Isn't that? It's, it's David Bowie in the original. That's Labyrinth. But you're you're so on the right track. Everyone like they're they go hand in hand. That like Labyrinth, the Dark Crystal, and Labyrinth Story go hand in hand. Shit. There, it's it's all the puppet yeah. stuff. That's what I'm thinking. Basically, that's what I'm trying to think. Yes, exactly. Well, that's it. It's a Jim Henson film. <gasps> but... Sorry, no. I have seen the trailer for this, or that there's like a teaser or something that was put out by Netflix. Yes. About this. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Please keep going. Yeah, but Please. get this, right? I mean, listen to this cast. Are you ready for this? I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just going to call it now because I wanted to call it before. It's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. Right, the cast. Katrina Balfe, who I, I believe is Irish. I think she's in Chernobyl, actually. That show. Not, not that she's, so not, she's current, not she's that she's currently there visiting German Oval. I think she's in the she's visiting. <laughs> she's visiting. Want a spot of radiation? Pop Helena down Bonham Carter. Ooh. Natalie Dormer. Taron Egerton. Yeah. Mark Hamill, oh. friend of the show. <laughs> He's got a Jason Isaacs. Eddie Izzard. Toby Jones. Keegan Michael Key. Uh, Simon Pegg. Andy Samberg. Mark Strong. What? Like what my god! It's like a who's who. Who's who? And who is, who are they playing? <laughs> who are they playing? Well, who is the character from the original Dark Crystal? I'm only joking. No, it's not. I mean, there might be, for all I know, but there's not. I don't think so. But what a cast, man. What an absolute smasher of a cast. And what are you precogging here? I assume they're just going to be doing voices for puppets or whatever, but that doesn't matter. It's going to be huge. Also, go and watch the 80s one if you've never seen it, because it is actually a fantastic film, if memory serves me correctly. Listen, I have this condition, not to dwell. But I have this condition where when I watch something that has puppets in it, like 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 a, a labyrinth or a, or a, a, a never-ending story or a, a Thunderbirds, dare I say, yeah. there's something very unsettling about it. It's like that uncanny valley effect where I physically have to get sick. So you might just have to describe it to me at some point. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that if that's the condition you have, don't ever watch Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's terrifying without having that condition Jesus Christ <laughs> oh, wow I'm probably best you said that before I was like oh yeah I sent it to you on DVD because <laughs> J- Jesus Christ <laughs> I don't know what it is I just can't do it it's it's so unsettling oh god I mean seriously don't ever watch Dark Grizzle then <laughs> like it is it is something else because even from childhood I have this like there's these weird creatures called the Skeksis and they're the bad guys and even them they're like burned into my brain what they look like and what they speak like and one of them dies in a weird scene in a bed and it's just this shouldn't be for kids at all but it's going to be huge I wanted to call it here because we call everything and we're usually right wanted to call it well, you're just, wait, watch you're, everybody you're, you're just calling that it's going to be big though you're not giving you're not predicting the ending or anything our knack is predicting specifics it's a prequel so I could, oh. I mean, if I if I predicted the ending, it would just be the next film. <laughs> I mean, I could have been clever and just said, well, I guess this is going to happen. See how many people have ever watched the original Dark Crystal. That That's true. You could have done that. Well, you could have, you could have just said, you could have just described the very start of the first one, the first movie from back in the day. And then that would in turn be the ending of the series, right? Yeah, I mean, I well, it's set ten thousand years beforehand. So maybe, do it. We'll maybe cut not, this. Maybe we'll not. cut this. You just you just start describing it there, and we'll just yeah, go with it. Cut the ten thousand years part. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with calling it, saying it's going to be the next big thing. I'm, I wanted to say it here. Watch this space, basically. That's okay. I. <laughs> anyway, what's the next topic? Right, very quickly. Uh, probably before we get to E3, unless you want to throw something else in, I just wanted to talk very, very briefly about the Aladdin remake because I saw it. Um, I assume you haven't seen it yet, Rob? No, but do you want me to predict the ending? Do you want me to predict how it plays out? <laughs> I was just about to say, like, so I'm going to give you a film, like last week, a film that you have to, you know, to use to describe what the story would be. And that film is Aladdin. Yeah, 1992. I genuinely really, really enjoyed it. You are kidding me. I, I swear to God I'm not. This I, I am as surprised as you are. I expected to go in there and sigh the whole way throughout this film and roll my eyes to heaven repeatedly. L- loved it. 
Okay, I loved it. It's a strong word. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> I can delete that. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. That's definitely staying in. No, you can't. Oh, no. It's, it's, but, but honest to God, I... I did. I, I, the songs are very, 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 very similar to before. And um, we were talking about before about Prince Ali seeming really like kind of despondent version of the song with people not happy and it's not as lively and, and that. But when you watch it in the context of the film, it actually makes perfect sense because uh, Will Smith isn't trying to replicate Robin Williams's genie. He's Good. actually just trying to do his own thing with it. And that's probably the smartest decision they could have made because I think it's the smartest decision they could have made with him in the role. I just I think he was too big to be cast for it. Yeah, even, I like, even yeah, if you enjoyed it, yeah, you're like you're very aware of who it is. You know, it's it, oh, you you never stop. You never stop knowing that that's Will Smith. There's not one second you suspend your disbelief. Not one second. But it is a very enjoyable movie. There's loads of bits added on that aren't in the cartoon to kind of flesh out Jasmine's character and give her a bit more to do and a bit more pivotal, pivotal role. Jesus, pivotal role. But yeah, I, I quite enjoyed all of it. Didn't didn't enjoy Jafar or Iago, but the rest of it, yeah, it's solid film. Go see it. Well, I think it's interesting, right? Because I feel like, not that this is a bad thing, but I feel like a lot of your enjoyment was informed by maybe how much you enjoyed the first one. I'd say there's a lot of nostalgia bonus points it's getting here. Like it's got presumably the same songs just tweaked so they're timeless so like you're obviously going to enjoy those yeah I, 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 i'm just so cynical about these disney remakes i think you know i mean i'm not gonna disagree with you and you totally called it 99 percent of my enjoyment came from the, the nostalgia factor that's there but i couldn't help that because it was there I, like if i was to just watch the film fresh i would be like what is this but because of my nostalgia i enjoyed it Okay. Well, it's not doing. Which is fine. Yeah. Well, it's not to give you some numbers because you know me in the numbers. It's it's not doing great on the general critical side standpoint. It's fifty three on Metacritic again, just an aggregator of good scores. God. So, so that's that's really that's deep in the yellow. If we're going like by a, a green, yellow, red sort of a metric here, so that's that's pretty poor. There is such thing as yellow tomatoes, right? Yellow tomatoes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The, the off season shouldn't have been grown. Yeah, well, but, that's what I assumed it was going for. <laughs> it seems to make a lot of money, though. I think it's like 600 million, over 600 million so far. So, like, to your point, like, people are just going to go see this. And, again, this is not because Guy Ritchie is good at this. It's because this is just a famous remake. So, you know, it's getting... It's it's succeeding on the basis of the previous one, really. It's succeeding in spite of itself. yeah. Also, can you do your impression of, of Vinnie Jones as the genie that you did again last week? Because <laughs> I love that. I'm the that. fucking genie, man. I'm the fucking genie. <laughs> like a fucking wish. <laughs> that one even sounds different than it did last week. It's because I'm laughing. Like a fucking genie. <laughs> Make him in a fucking lamp. Man, I'm playing that uh, Blood and True game for the PSVR and it's like all that like kind of Cockney London and stuff and it's excellent because every time I play it now I'm just I want somebody to walk in going I'm the fucking genie mate <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened as of yet but anyway How maybe get there? fingers crossed right are we done with the news are we going to bust our way into E3 or do you got anything more one final August and I'm going to let, let this one sit with you I read today that Rise of Skywalker they were on such a tight schedule because of obviously all the rewrites and director changes that while they were filming stuff the previous stuff was being edited on set to accommodate for such a tight schedule. So it's not like they were collecting all the footage and then going away to spend time editing it. They were on that tight schedule that they were like in, I don't know, Tunisia or somewhere again. And JJ's like, directs a scene during the day, has to pull it in and start editing it at night. What a, what a great, what a great sign of things to come, huh? <laughs> Just to reassure you. <laughs> Just Just in case, Ross, you were a bit worried me, about this one. That is certainly not Mark Hamill's favourite fact. <laughs> oh, that, that. I'm sure he'll come out like he did the last one and just like absolutely crap all over it for like months until it's released. Until eventually he's just, you see one video of him and he's literally about to cry in front of all the fans and going, yes, this is a great movie that inspires many. That's what it does. <laughs> it'll be great. I'm sure it'll be just great. I just want to leave that one with you, but we got to move on to E3. This is the big one of the week of the last few days obviously that big gaming convention the electronic entertainment expo i think it stands for that is what it stands for people are 
unsure as to why we even need this thing any, anymore. It's, you know, it seems a bit random. You can only get in if you're like a journalist. Yeah, it, the entire situation seems strange. But what did you think of this year's three E's? Right. So two things. First off, uh, I find it's so far kind of disappointing. And two, we have one word to describe E3. What is that word you would use? If I would use one word. One word. Um, hmm. Breathtaking. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's me That's me riffing on a moment that happened, the, the saving grace of the entire conference. I'm the probably saving just gonna... grace. Saving grace we'll is right. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I don't know. Meh would be my word. Okay, my word would be cringy. <laughs> Meh. Meh and cringy. What a great... And that's our review of E3 2019, yeah, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of I Understood That Reference. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I used to be... I, I'm always... I think I'm more excited about it when there's a particular game coming up that I'm really pumped about. But, you know, one of the big story points this year was the lack of Sony. Sony, did, Sony normally, certainly over the last two or three years, have really been winning... They've had the slickest, most stylish kind of presentations. They've had the best games to promote. So, you know, but they've very tactically decided we're not doing anything this year. Um, Extraordinarily which we, tactically. Yeah, well, which is probably for a whole, like, that's probably for a whole lot of reasons. But I'd say the main one is because I'm sure people knew that Xbox were going to announce their latest, their next-gen console. So maybe Sony aren't ready to do that yet. They're going to, they sometimes do their own, you know, just PlayStation conference kind of thing. So they're probably going to hold off and do all that maybe in a few months' time. And just completely own the the new situation. But technically, they're actually like Sony is already kind of, in spite of not going, are already owning the new cycle. Because one of the big games that was released in at E3 or the trailer came out in the release date, and I this is when I really wanted to talk about, um, so I'm going to, <laughs> um, <laughs> is Final Fantasy VII the remake. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that seems to be really being pushed as PS4. And it was all over Twitter, it was all over the news, it was the big game, the big ticket game that came out. And again, that's by Sony not even showing up to the damn place. Everyone was still talking about the PS4 because of it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's... I, who, what, what stage did that appear on then? Was it just one of the published, one of the developer stages? Yes, uh, Square Enix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah also course. had another big one we're going to talk about soon. But uh, I'll probably just go through Final Fantasy VII a bit first. You a fan of the original? Oh, it was... It was and maybe probably still is uh, my favorite game of all time. Oh, it is just that game that's burnt into my memory. Like I, I oh, love everything about it. That doesn't sound like I liked it. It's burnt into my memory. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. That's, that's what you okay. have. To, that's why you have the horrors every night when you wake. You know, when, you know when you wake up suddenly, you're like ah ah, and someone beside you just goes, "You know what's happening?" You were like, "I was having my Final Fantasy." Sephiroth. Oh God, no! It was a game. It's a, it's a game. It's a game. But the sheets were still wet. Anyhow. Oh, well, um, they always are. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, such a great picture I painted of myself. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Final Fantasy VII. It was one of my favorite games of all time. It's it's easily the game I've beaten the most, which is crazy because it's like a 60-hour slog fest. Oh, God. Uh, always loved it. It really informed who I was as a teenager and a kid and that and i even remember getting like the american comics the american uh avengers and spider-man comics and seeing the ads for final fantasy 7 and you know was had, had pictures of the cutscenes, and the, the tagline was like a deer caught in headlights i mean i never really knew what that meant but that's okay the remake it looks very different um, it does. I'm like, really, really disappointed because I got an email today from Square Enix saying, you know... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Here's your personal Square Enix update from the scene. Yeah, I mean, it was probably sent to other people as well. I mean, probably sent to hundreds of thousands. But look, I'm just pretending I got it directly. Ross, we know you love Final Fantasy VII. This is for you. But um, the, the line had... Uh, a spectacular reimagining of one of the most visionary games ever. The first game in this project will be set in the eclectic city of Midgar and presents a fully standalone gaming experience that provides a great starting point to the series. That to me sounds like it's saying we're going to give you a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of the game as a standalone game and then you're going to have to buy the rest of it. Uh, wait, but surely is it not going to be just released at full price anyway? Hang on, am I missing something here? 
no, yeah, oh, it's going to be released at full price. But the first part of Final Fantasy VII, you're in this town, this city called Midgar. And again, the game is like 60 or 80 hours long. So this, the first six to seven hours of the game, you're in Midgar. And then the game kind of properly starts. So what I think is going to happen is that the PlayStation 4 version is going to be just that tiny bit in Midgar. And then they're going to either through DLC or through episodic content or through just purchasing other games like Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 or something like that. So they're going to stagger it. And that really boils my blood. That'd be an extremely risky thing for them to do because there's such positive press around it that that would obviously piss people off. Like that would obviously piss people off. Why would they do that? You gotta hope that that's not the case, though. I, I, look, every piece of footage they've shown has been from the first two to three hours of the game. Ah, uh, that doesn't surprise me. But they said before that they were thinking about doing episodic content, and they kind of brushed that under the carpet for a while, and they haven't addressed this at all. It was just in that email today that I've seen it. I, I do, I, I can almost guarantee that's what they're going to do. Hmm. Actually, so I, I just wait, wait. When did the first one? When did the original come out? Nineteen ninety-seven. I want to say. Oh, okay. If um, I'm right about that, I will high five myself later. Fair play. <laughs> Back in <laughs> your fantasy land. <laughs> yes. High five, Sephiroth. Oh no, it's burned into my brain. Oh, white cheats. Listen, I, I, I'm going to come clean here. I've never played it properly because it was a little bit ahead of. Interesting, you said come clean after talking about red cheats for Christ's sake, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, um, just continuing my train of thought. Um, I, I, it was a little bit. I was, I was pretty young when that came out, so it kind of, it kind of passed me by. So I don't have the same appeal to it. I never really got into the Final Fantasy games, so I don't know what all the fuss is about. And I'm, I'm kidding. I, obviously, these are very popular. But if they were to do the episodic thing, surely it'd be just like a season pass situation where you, you pay everything up front, but as they release the next bits of it, you know, it would be included. You would just still get it. You just have to download it. But it wouldn't. If you, if you had to pay more for it, people would absolutely go nuts. I think. Given the game that it is, that it's Final Fantasy VII, this remake has been wanted. When the, the PS3 first came out, the tech demo that was used for it was the start of Final Fantasy VII. Like, people adore this game. So I remember they that, will actually, make money yeah. from it. It kind of blended from the old one to the new look, wasn't it? Wasn't that what they did? And you kind of get a sense yeah, of how much it like improved. That, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but basically, people will buy this regardless of what they charge. There's already, like, four different versions now you can pre-order. And you can like DLC, you can get these things called materia, which are summons. So like you summon a creature to fight for you. And obviously in the bit, the, the original game, you just get them in the game. But now you're like a DLC bonus if you pre-order the game and you get a Ugh. summon materia. You're like, oh, come on, every part, every chunk of this game is now being sold as a commodity to you. It's a real, this is how games are now. You know, it's, it's, it's really... Ugh, it's poor. But look, look, game looks fantastic. Graphics look amazing. It is such a great, wonderful game. So I'll probably get it anyway. <laughs> I'll probably fall prey to my impulses. But yeah, you'll, you know. you'll get the clean sheets edition. Anyway. I'll cut. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we can't call this episode clean sheets. <laughs> We're definitely calling it the clean sheets edition. <laughs> Can we call it a holy sheet? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's It's close enough. <laughs> Do you want to stay in the Square Enix one? Because I know what you, you what you wanted to, to potentially segue into next. Go for it. Again, masses of segues here. You know what I was going to talk about. Presumably, it's the announcement of the Avengers game, is it? Yeah, it sure is. I was trying to take it with other games Square Enix had. And yeah, I just in case. They probably have several. <laughs> no, just, so I could, just before you said Avengers, I was going to throw it out there and be like, ha ha ha, oh, but I, I couldn't think of one. Oh. oh, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. Yeah. Oh, God. DLC. We're not talking about that. Not today. But listen, the Avengers stuff. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. Um, well, I mean, I talked about Final Fantasy VII there for quite a long time. So I'll say one thing about the, the Avengers thing and then we'll get your thoughts on it. The Captain America costume in it. Have you seen Kick-Ass 2? Oh, yes, I have. So do you know at the end of Kick-Ass 2, he has the Kick-Ass outfit, but he has like armor, body armor on. It fecking looks like that. It, I, the second I saw it, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be reminded of Kick-Ass 2. I hate that film. The second I saw it, I was like, oh, oh no. Um, Yeah, I just thought it looked awful just from start to finish. I watched the gameplay footage, the trailer. Captain America looks ridiculous. Ridiculous. Doesn't he? He looks even even facial-wise, he looks like, weird. Yeah, he's got a terrible face. Agreed. 
I mean, we're spoiled because of what we're so because of what we're used to. We're, we're used to this paragon of what it was before. But like, God Almighty! Have you seen, even Thor? Even Thor? Like, I thought it was really bad CG at first until I realized, like, no, that's actual in in engine footage. And I'm like, oh God, that looks horrible. Like, it definitely has like a PS3 vibe to it. Like, it looks yes, yes. I'm glad you said that. Yes, they're they're putting a lot of branding sort of and sort of swagger behind it. They're like obviously riding the end game wave. And they've got a, they've kind of got a celebrity cast so far as they're gaming celebrities, um, like Nolan North and stuff. Yeah, and Troy Baker. So they're the two Uncharted brothers. Um, and then the, there's Laura Bailey in there. She's uh, what was she in? She was in Uncharted and The Last of Us. So she played like she, actually they're three very famous Naughty Dog actors at this point. They're renowned for what they've done in Naughty Dog games. It's like they're trying to bring in the heavyweights. I think to sell it, but like that doesn't add up because who cares if it's not an orc yeah exactly it's, it's like, supposed to sound like iron man like it, 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 that's just a conflict and this game is not gonna this game is not gonna sell itself off the voice actors like what <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, there's no hawkeye what's to do with that did you hear on the announcement somebody shouted where's hawkeye <laughs> i died no i i've only been watching like clips of it i haven't i haven't had the energy or the time to like watch the full presentations without to finish because to your point actually they're very cringy because you've got a lot of engineers who are not trained to speak publicly they're, they're kept in a bunker working on a video game for three years of their lives and suddenly they're revealed to the light that's why they have yeah. darkened rooms at e3 that's not for the audience that's for the pr- presenters <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah. they're actually just holographic images of them behind a wall keep oh. me away from the public <laughs> what was that that was my Emperor Palpatine coming out there. Yes, keep him away from the Senate. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, I'm not buying, like, as in, I'm not buying it as in, I'm not going along with it. I don't. Oh, I'm not, I'm just not buying it. I'm just not going to buy that's, it. That's probably what's going to come to as well. Uh, it looks like Captain America dies as well, which yeah, makes yeah. me believe they're going to go for the, uh, you know the Captain America being a bad guy story that turns out he's the one behind it all so see if I call that right as well did they do like a little hammer reference as well was he the one that like for some reason there was a, there was a hammer like a Thor hammer left on his gravestone and then it moves and everyone like yelped as if he had picked it up but that would make sense because first of all why would Thor leave his hammer there and also if he's under the hammer why would then the hammer move away mm. from him it's weird stuff is going on in that game and it even just it's just trying to be endgame by setting it a few years later and by having a big event happen yeah like, that's dystopian we've seen endgame yeah dysto- exactly it's dystopian like we, we've seen endgame recently just give us don't give us that Avengers story that was just done give us just the normal Avengers you know that's just Avengers on a adventure and the Avengers coming together or whatever don't give us this just seems weird it's like if this was a few years ago to coincide with it maybe that would be something but now it's like well this is just too retready too quickly. Yeah, I mean, you also have, you also have to be careful when you when you release a game like that's about a movie. You know, with the movie, they they normally are rushed. Particularly now is because people have become fussier and fussier. The biggest success I can ever think that managed to accomplish that were the Lord of the Rings ones that came out with the game with the movies. Oh yes, the they electronic were arts ones on the PlayStation. Yeah, too. they were they were oh my god, they were incredible. But I have so many fond memories of them games. But because you can't knock a game out as quickly, you know gamers are fussier about the details and the quality and the, you know, the fidelity of the game if you're going to do a triple a title you know maybe it makes sense they distance themselves in the movie but then they just went ahead and kind of tried to make it look like endgame and leave out hawkeye what, what is happening <laughs> you know, like well, obviously at the end of the game it's like dlc the hawkeye character also despite the big cast it this it still sounds like just cheap production wise you know when they're like the, the dialogue sounds awful not to, and again, like people would argue, it's all about the gameplay. That also looks bad, just so we're clear. But that's what I don't get. Like none of it seems triple A production. Like not 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 one part of it seems triple A production. I just don't. Like somewhere along the line, somebody must have been thinking, like guys, what the hell is going on here? Like this, mm. we can't we can't show it like this. Even the Black Widow model or the CG or like whatever the animations, it just doesn't it just doesn't fit. It doesn't look right. There's something off about the whole thing. Especially after Spider-Man. Like, they just released the best game Marvel have ever had. And that Spider-Man game is fantastic. Like, don't follow it up with something like this. Um, I guess that's what you get when... I mean, Sony really put their power behind that Spider-Man one and gave the studio time mm-hmm. to make it. I feel like this is like... 
oh, people are still talking about Avengers. Let's get a game out. And then a whole year <laughs> later, people are like, why, what's happening? Yeah, then, why is this Why is this here? Oh, 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 this is what it is. It's def- This is definitely a too little, too late effort. And I'm not looking forward to the... Uh, this is going to be panned, I'd say. It's just not going to be polished. I, I reckon it's it going to be... Too. The story's going to be tacky. The voice acting's going to be bad. The general look is... You know, people are just not going to enjoy this. Why did they make it? because oh, they have so much it's, potential that, that's the problem I think people are annoyed because when there's so much potential um, and also you're informed by like how the, the sheer perfection levels that Endgame nearly reached that, that's what I was about to say you, you've set the bar so high you, um, you're immediately undercutting yourself by then and, and, and then this is the product you release if this was released 10 years ago like this I could maybe understand it but when you've had the <laughs> best years. iteration possible of the Avengers and then you're doing this afterwards yeah they fudged it <laughs> yeah they fudged it exactly right anyway that's done um shall we talk about a great moment a great moment in e3 this year which was keanu reeves in cyberpunk 2077 27-7 yes there you go that sounds better um yeah oh, this is this is my reference to breathtaking earlier that's what i meant by my one word um he just seems like one of the kindest people in the world right or not right, right now just in general but he's having you know he's had a he's had a successful a few months, John Wick Three is apparently an absolute barnstormer of a of a ride. It's supposed to be brilliant. I haven't seen it yet. Um, he's, everything he touches is gold right now. Right, everything he clearly. touches is gold. Apparently, he's in Toy Story Four um, as like a rodeo he, stuntman sort of. So Dark Kaboom is that is something Dark like that? Dick yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaboom. But he's up. So this was a huge reveal because there was already huge buzz behind you know Cyberpunk. So this is the makers behind Witcher Three, CD Projekt Red. Like they. I think they're a Polish studio. I think they're like a pretty small team, like relatively speaking. They but sure they, are. But they put together these incredibly intricate, like massive open world situations that really that nobody has been able to rival to the same extent, I feel, in terms of how complex they are. And they made it more difficult for themselves by setting in this like cyber future, futuristic, you know, bit of a Blade Runner kind of vibe. You know, there's definitely elements that there that kind of that kind of retro futuristic kind of style and also then this sort of cybernetic enhancement situation. So all of it looked really interesting. And then they dropped this massive bombshell in the trailer, Journey 3, with Keanu Reeves just showing up as one of the characters in the game. And then he came on stage live. Almost blew the release off the place. Like, I've never heard a reaction like that. Phenomenal. And he seemed like, he seems like the most genuine person in the world. Because people screamed so loud, you could see his composure just went out the window. And that yeah. guy must be used to being in front of crowds on TV shows and chat shows. But he just... Oh, yeah. He kept breaking. He, he kept laughing. He was just enjoying the enthusiasm, I think, that was in the room. Yeah. He was feeding off And it. he kept saying, like, sorry, sorry, guys. I gotta, I, gotta get, I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. And he just seemed so... Oh, it was so nice. But it's that minute where he... Where just a bit where he goes... Where he's describing the game. And he said, trust me, it's really going to be breathtaking. And then some lone voice from the audience just goes, you're breathtaking. And then he responds <laughs> in kind with... And he, like, does this jump sort of land point... Yeah, and he goes, "You're breathtaking," and then he goes, "You're all breathtaking." And the whole the, the whole room had this amazing moment with him, and he was clearly enjoying himself. So, like that was by far and away the highlight of the conference. And obviously, I haven't seen everything, but there's no topping something. Ah, there's as no, organic there is no topping that. That, that is yeah. like, come on, like no matter what you do, you have to have like Tom Hanks. CG Project Red apparently gave that guy who shouted, "They're giving a free special edition of the game." They tweeted him. No way. Yeah. That is marketing, right? That is marketing you can't buy. That (laughs) is such a good idea. Yeah, clever. His point was so good, though. He was like, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. (laughs) It's like the Oprah Winfrey. Take a bow. You get a car. You get a car. That's what I was thinking. You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. You get a CD Projekt Red. You get a CD Projekt Red. (laughs) And this, this seems like it's the kind of game that suits him as well. This is the kind of genre that would work for him. You know, the kind of futuristic cyberpunky well that's obviously the title i kind of forgot that for a sec yeah, yeah it's a cyberpunky kind of game yeah. what's it called <laughs> cyberpunk <laughs> um, uh, have you played deus ex back to square enix games have you played uh, deus ex i have i've never played them throughout but i have you know played significant chunks of different games here and there i know you're a huge fan of those ones I'm a, I'm a massive fan of those games. Um so and cyberpunk looks quite like this it, it's the very uh, art style and visuals the aesthetics to it are, just remind me 100% of Days X and get that for the PS4 people because it's so cheap right now. You can usually get it for seven euro in places and it, it is a wonderful, wonderful game. Really rich, really deep experience as well. So I, I absolutely adore it. Mm. 
I mean, but, Keanu Reeves isn't in it, but look, you can't you can't win them all, can you? Kind of a Neo esque kind of vibe to the main character, though. You could argue there really is actually. I mean, it's blatantly ripped off Neo. Let's be honest about this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's him, Deus. It he's just Neo's cousin. Um, right. Let's see then. Anything else to say about CD or? Cyberpunk well, no. I, I like I, the, the gameplay looks very complex. I will say that. Like, there's a lot of hacking, and like it means that you've got huge you know between like the physical enhancements that you get but also you know there's a bit there's the demo the the potential gameplay i think cleverly one of the cinematics where there's like an element of this guy overpowers a big brute because he's got these cool arm enhancements but then there's this like a computer hacker girl in the corner who then just stops him from moving because she has some sort of signal in her eyes that's able to hack the enhancements his, his enhancements he, like yeah. like think of the variety of stuff you're gonna be able to do and then it's this like you've got this massive open world packed full of detail like th- th- these are the kind of games that i want but overwhelm me or I'm kind of thinking, I don't I, know if I have the, the the bandwidth to even begin to think about playing this game. Do you know that kind of level that's a, of depth? That's literally exactly what I was going to say. Open world games terrify me. I, on, I my, my brain just can't, it, it, like, it gets the start of the game and it, then the open world just begins and I'm like, I, I can't. I can't do this. Put me in a corridor. Put me in a corridor again and tell me to walk from A to B and then I'll do it. Like, but don't <laughs> yeah. do this to me. You must be a huge fan of Pac-Man. Um, I love Pac-Man you know that you know I, I have know. a Christmas jumper with Pac-Man I on know it. <laughs> I was cheating and no matter what anybody says it is a Christmas jumper hmm. but right let's let's keep moving because there's tons of stuff here we gotta quickly talk about this Project Scarlet this is Xbox's next console it's coming out next year Christmas of next year why are they calling it Project Scarlet surely it's just gonna be called the Xbox 2 surely they're not gonna change the, the names again they're not but they need something they, they need something to give it a little bit of difference to make it somewhat jazz. unique you know yeah because like you said earlier Sony are just crushing them in every conceivable way. So Without have, even being there, they're winning. It's hilarious. The fact that they can not show up yeah. <laughs> says it all. It was like that was I think that that and again that's that's tactics. But even with the announcement of that console, I feel like they still didn't hit the nail on the head, Xbox or you know, Microsoft, because it just fell to the wayside of all the other kind of big game announcements that kinda happened. So obviously you've got dedicated fans who are looking forward to it, but I don't think people care that much when it's a year and a half away. Like all they talked about was the fucking loading times. Oh, loading Stri- times. Forget about those. That Remember, they, they did this, like, promo video. Don't show any of the, any of the console. They just kind of go, oh, but the loading times. You're going to be rid of the loading times. All right. What else? Like, like you were talking there. You said it fell to the wayside because of the games. I didn't even look at the video for Project Scarlet. Is that what... Scar- Scarlet? Is that what Scarlet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Project Scarlet. Yeah, I didn't even look at the video because I was just looking at trailers for games instead. Like, that's how little interest that generated me well like it, but they didn't demo anything and they didn't talk about its features they just kind of said hey we're making this and we're going to make load times less that's really powerful but that's just what happens when you go to a next generation console that's they're they're the rules you gotta make it faster you gotta make the games look better and that, that they're the basics so, i mean is 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 a quick at loading though rob because that's what i hear well i hear that it's gonna be so quick there won't be any, any loading times ever again ever we're done with loading times Enter fucking Rockstar Studios with their latest GTA. Definite loading times. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say, yeah. I mean, just for the first 25 minutes, then you don't see another loading screen until, you know, you switch the console off next. Mm. But they didn't, I mean, I guess the exciting part really was they finished their, like, you know, it, it launches with Halo. So there's a new Halo coming, Halo Infinite. I've, I never, I've never owned an Xbox, so I've never properly played a Halo story throughout, but it looks like Master Chief is back. He was found floating around in space. Have you any allegiance to Halo and or Xbox? Um, I've no allegiance to Xbox. I love, absolutely adore the Halo games, but only when they were under uh, Bungie and not under Three Four Three. Oh yeah, your Destiny crowd. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but I mean, even Destiny, I've completely soured on after the it tried <laughs> to swallow my console whole, basically. So <laughs> they've an for doing that. They burnt, burnt all their bridges with me. But uh, the whole Halo thing, like, it's weird because Three Four Three Industries took over and tried to make Halo their own beast, trying to take it away from the kind of originals and obviously that just did not work for them so now they've just gone that just make it look like the originals just just make it exactly like the originals and that's what the trailer looks like it just looks like it's really trying to be the original halo again and i just think they've probably burned too many bridges and gone a little bit too far to try and make their way back into people's good graces now so standard microsoft that's what i will say just not that, that, not reading the trend like the playbook just not reading the trend <laughs> let's not dwell on that it's a new console the PlayStation version is probably going to be better at this rate because it feels like Sony really have... They, they learned the hard way not how to make a console with the PS3. They really learned that. They got the PS4 right. I feel like by not being at this E3, they've just they've got something cooking and it's going to be... At, 
it's gonna be the, the consoles are pretty much toe to toe most of the time anyway. So it's not like it just depends on what games you want really these days. It's whoever has the better games for the console, that one will win, and it'll probably be Sony again. And then that's a good point because have you seen the the, the Xbox exclusive uh, Gears of War Five? Have you seen the trailer for that? I heard it. I didn't even bother watching the trailer. If it's it is, Xbox it exclusive, most... I'm kind of put off it. It's the most boring. It is the most boring trailer of any video game I have ever seen. <laughs> I, I I can't believe somebody greenlit it and said that's the one we're going to show. It, it is it is just tremendously boring. It, it's <laughs> not. There's nothing to it. Great. <laughs> Another I mean, misstep. <laughs> Are we surprised? It's, that's the thing. It's. I would discuss it further, but there's there's nothing to discuss. I mean, the, the graphics in Gears of War 1 for the Xbox original look better than the full motion video they're going for here. And there's nothing to it. It's just three people walking through a place, shooting the bad guys. Nothing happens. There's no reveal. There's no start, middle and end. There's no conclusion and blah, blah, blah. It's literally just them running and shooting things. Grant. Well, let's keep motoring. One I do, re- a couple of really want to talk about. It. Hilariously, let's just get this one out of the way. There's another Watch Dogs coming. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion, it's called. Legion, yes. Which is hilarious. I, the first one came out and, you know, it was very exciting, very ambitious concept. I didn't get the impression many people liked it. And then suddenly a sequel came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think anyone bought that sequel. And now here is yet, a, I feel like they're knocking these out annually. How are they making these so quickly and who is buying them? Who is buying them is a good is a good idea because I, I've never met anybody who has owned a Watch Dogs game as far as I know. Some people have owned the original. Like, I've never heard anyone ever talk about the sequel to it. Like, in fairness, it's a fantastic concept, that whole hacking thing. It's a nice sort of fresh take on things. But I always got the impression from reviews and stuff that they never really got it. You know, like the, the gameplay footage made it look like there are so many possibilities, but really it is more linear than you might think from like a... Yeah, it's an fairly limited in what like you can actually you can, do. There's actually only so much you can do. But they're telling you, they're up in the ante with this one because you have just you just play as a whole collection of people that you can constantly add to. And if you die, then you're just done with them in the game. So you've got this colourful cast of characters. You can even play as like a as an old woman snooping around the place <laughs> with a taser. Okay. Yeah, genuinely. Like she's this oh. old British like sort of granny style. Like she's in her 70s or 80s, like that old. And, you're, and what's... what's the... I guess, you know, the idea is anyone can be in Watch Dogs. Who is this fur? <laughs> I don't know. Again, every time I see these gameplay trailers from Watch Dog games, I think I always think when I'm watching them, wow, that's impressive. Because, you know, <laughs> it, and then and then the game sort of comes and goes, and I'm like, yeah, I probably was never going to buy that game. <laughs> it was a brief impressiveness, but nah, it's, it's not for me. I, I don't know. What do you think? Have you, like... You haven't seen much about it. Have, did you watch any of the, the gameplay stuff? Again, I saw the trailer and I was like, bah, that's that's not for me. Because again, the other ones just passed me by without so much as a as a, a stirring motion within me. You know, it's just, again, the first one seemed intriguing at the time. The second one did, didn't make any impact. It didn't seem to do anything well. And the only thing I've heard about the games is that, like you said, they promised this an offer offering of so much that you can do this and this and this and and almost every inconceivable place was disappointing even there's a whole <laughs> multiplayer aspect where you could jump into other people's like hack into other people's games to stop them yeah and even that didn't work properly or anything so people just gave up on doing that and it was too much hassle so this one i'm like what how is this still going like surely to god somebody somewhere is like this ip is just not really doing it for anybody i mean it must be selling though because it's not going to keep making it certainly a third time do you know what I mean I mean someone's buying it is it you are you secretly buying it my entire wall is just wallpapered with video empty video game boxes of Watch Dogs 1 and 2 <laughs> I will keep this alive now I have to clear space for Watch Dogs Legion uh, well what's interesting is while that game was impressive I don't really care about it but a game that also looked impressive but I'm anxious about is the latest Star Wars attempt Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order now this one I think and is... you're anxious about it uh, okay you tell me what you thought and then I'll explain why I'm anxious okay I think it looks pretty good okay I mean, even from like a from like a story point and stuff like that we have you know Sagarera's back and stuff and yeah I don't know it just the, the, the gameplay looks pretty standard third person shooter which is just fine if you can tack on a somewhat decent story 
I mean, it's about Jedi's and, you know, it's set between that place again, between uh, before Rogue One. Oh, it's before the prequels anyway, is what you're saying. Just before. After the prequels. Oh. After the prequels, as in, as in oh, episode see, sorry. one, two, three. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, because Order 66 is out there and he survived. It's going to bring up that whole thing again of, well, they can't do anything really meaningful because, you know, no one ever mentions them ever throughout the main sequel, main series. So again, nothing of note can really take place. I don't know. It looks there's something about it. That I'm like, yeah, I like how it looks. Looks solid. All they want is just a, a a basic, solid, decent Star Wars game, and I'm fine with that. Because all the you know, there's been Battlefront two and all that, and Battlefront, which just were absolute complete missteps and misfires. But it is Electronic Arts again, so let's not all get our hopes up anytime soon. It is, but it's 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 like an it's a, but it is a smaller development house that's focusing on it. It's the it's respawn. So that's the guys behind um uh Titanfall. Titanfall and Apex Legends mm, to a lesser of... extent. <laughs> I I love those. I Titanfall 2 is phenomenal. If there's one thing that yeah, that Titanfall company is good at doing is it's simply good at getting sort of game mechanics right. Like, you know, the the way and the feel of kind of weapons and movement is something that it's very fluid and sort of natural. That's the one thing that I always felt with like you'd play Titanfall 2, then you'd go back to something like Call of Duty. And it just felt far more arcadey and less less polished than the the nice weight and kind of ease of the, of the Titanfall stuff. You even get a, a, like a little tease of it in, or kind of almost like a nod to it in this Star Wars gameplay footage because there's wall running in it. And that's it. that was a big feature. Like Titanfall 1 was the game that ushered in all the futuristic Call of Duty games with the wall running. Yep. Like people don't see, some people might be aware of that because Titanfall 1 was Xbox only. And it was only a multiplayer as well. So kind of. Yeah, exactly. So like it was, it was, it was a bit of a shell of a game, but again, Call of Duty couldn't cope with their own novel ideas so like oh well this seems to be what people are enjoying i guess we'll just make this over the top but anyway that's take the it point. My, my concern is as long as it's not, not too gimmicky the, the gameplay looked very similar at times to the force unleashed have ever you played those ones yes and that's what i think a lot of people are likening it to well which, and to be fair actually i enjoyed the force stuff in those games but the, the the kind of the environments and everything else it just became very repetitive and kind of barren like you didn't feel like you were after a while, you kind of forgot it was a Star Wars game, despite the fact that you were walking around with a lightsaber. Do you know? So that, you want to make sure that this has the right balance of nostalgia and then just kind of that weighty sort of gameplay, that, that which I think they can do. But again, you know, I'm apprehensive because EA are overseeing this and if I'm, I'm concerned they might force rush it out at a certain release date and that they might insist that certain things be in the game and ruin it like they've done with other ones. So positively, or no, I'm ever so apprehensive about it so far so cautiously apprehensive one might say no <laughs> that's the opposite of what i'd say ross weren't you listening at all i don't know I'm, i don't know there's something about it just there's something about it that makes me think i don't know this could be this could be a decent one i, I don't know what i can't quite place it i don't even know if it's the gameplay videos i've seen because i don't think it is but there is something about it that is i don't know there's something about it that i do like Something yeah. about that's appealing to me somewhere. So, and you know the way I am as a Star Wars fan, I'm usually like, oh, hate it, hate it, hate it. But this one, I can't quite bring myself to hate it. So, oh, that's a good thing. That's up to them to make me hate it. <laughs> so the ball's in their court. Any other, any other big hitters? Any other big AAA titles we need to to quickly mention? Did you see Nintendo's biggest announcement? Uh, Zelda uh, Two. What's is, it called? Is in production. That's that's all they could really do. Oh, we've oh. We've started working on another game. That was basically their biggest announcement. Didn't even have anything to show. That. Oh, there was also uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Oh, That's People care about that, right? In a World Cup year, sure. They definitely do. I mean, you know me. I'm the Sonic guy, and even I don't care about that. <laughs> what else we got? We got um, Animal Crossing. Did you ever play those games? I've poured, I never did, actually. I poured hours into the Nintendo DS for, like, I mean dozens of hours into the if there's something incredibly soothing about those games i don't know what it is but they didn't never change they're always the same look a little bit you know sharper a little bit clearer nothing ever changes i don't know what animals i'm crossing i don't know who i'm why or why i'm yeah. doing this at the end of every game it's just like you dang crossed me you won the game <laughs> you see his face he's like looking just sternly animal crossing ah, the revenge um, there's Doom, Doom uh, Eternal looks looks pretty good. It looks very similar to the last Doom, which did superbly, phenomenally well. Um, People really enjoyed that. I played that demo of that of that Doom remake, and it did nothing for me. So I'm obviously not I, at all the target market. I, I don't I don't it. think you are though. 
Okay. You know, there's okay. zero story. It's not about kind of, there's no overarching team or kind of development. It's very much just like old, uh, quick two and quick one and very much old Doom-esque. Just shoot, gun, shoot, gun, shoot, gun, shoot, run, gun, shoot, run. Yeah. Just that kind of manic kind of spray bullets sort of situation. Yeah, and I now I didn't actually even play the last Doom. I only played the VR version, oh. uh, which is good. It's okay. I heard, but, that's, uh, I never I heard finished that, that was one of the real testaments of you know what the VR stuff was capable of. Is like how that one's supposed to be fun. Like they deal with the movement and everything quite well. Like it's it's a good sort of translation of original to VR. It's it's interesting because it at the same time it also highlights some of the problems with the way designers approach the VR thing because they, they didn't get quite get the controls and stuff right. Okay. And it made it very, very difficult to play. Hmm. I just realized I, I haven't even made it made an attempt at, at at the great reference game. Could could, could you give me give me a, give me a one more time there? A little smidge of it again, a little smidge. Yeah. Little, yeah. Little, little smidge Is it please be patient? Is that what it's <laughs> No. But remember be yourself. Anything. I understood that reference. Okay, great. I'm relieved. <laughs> is it? Is it the original Aladdin? Yes, it absolutely is. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, God, that's my first one to get clean. Yes. Well, who said yes. it to who? Yes. Uh, Genie said it to Aladdin, and he actually turned into a bee when he that's said it. That's why I really... I was like, I feel like if I didn't give you the accent, it, it seemed like too generic a quote yes yes i am very and also, pleased i felt with that. bad over the last little while that you you haven't gotten one so i was like okay i've got a i've got an aladdin fact ross has recently seen the aladdin remix surely surely this is this is this is his episode <laughs> this is the one i i will take it i'm right back in the game it's it's back on guys it's back on i am not i am not doing an episode without drinking <laughs> That's my four fish. What do I have to do? You have to do the whole episode in the, the cockney you have voice. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, mate. That's different again. Yeah, I know. It's going to keep changing. <laughs> Wait until you hear the episode. Excellent. <laughs> right. Um, Rob, what do you say? What do you say we leave it there for this week? All right. Okay. As we're, as we're wrapping up, give me, give me the, just give me the top three, four games that you're most excited about that we're kind of touched on. Right. The, okay. Even though I said I'm very unsure about it. Final Fantasy Seven is still definitely there. Okay, that'd be number one. Um, there's a new Wolfenstein game coming out called Young Bloods, which is like an '80s version of uh, America taken over by Nazis. Okay, the Fun. Wolfenstein games are usually pretty damn good, so that's probably another one I'm looking Nazis forward to. Nazis fun, yeah, yeah um, great. And I guess Star Wars, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's my third. Interesting. Mine, I think, mm. would be. Cyberpunk, I think, would have to be... Normally, I would be intimidated by those games, but I think they've done enough for me this time for me to be like, okay, this looks phenomenal. And I, I love that kind of futuristic kind of thing. It sort of suits the story, future, fun. Definitely that Star Wars Jedi game, because, God, you just want it to be right. And, I mean, definitely what would have been on this list actually would have been The Last of Us 2. That was the big miss, I feel like. People were expecting mm. there to be something big, but obviously Sony did nothing. A lot of people are talking I feel that's because there's the a lot of, of that. They, they're planning a huge reveal and probably a release date for both. The I bet you they'll... <gasps> our our sayers, I reckon the PS5 will be announced and they'll also say that The Last of Us 2 will be a launch title with it as well. Ah. It's been in development for a while, so maybe that maybe maybe they started that game too soon, but they could always port it. So we'll see. Oh no! Well, it could just be on board. It could be cross-platform. Well, no, like it'll definitely be on PS4. It's going to be released on PS4, but I feel like they might also be saving like this dual release date. Kind of, they're going to just own the news for like a month. Yeah, that's the kind of announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, my the third game that I'm most excited about that was announced is Fall Guys. Have you heard of this? Fall Guys. Fall Guys. I have not heard of this. It's a battle royale game, but oh, all, all you do is play as like this colorful, like jelly bean like character. And you just have to run your way through this daft, crazy, kaleidoscopic color-looking assault course and just get to the end and grab the crown. It looks hilarious. Okay, and I'm going to look it up as soon I, as this ends. <laughs> I, I, this, is, this is my cup of tea. <laughs> this is so silly. Finally a Battle Royale game that I can probably play properly. Well, guys. well worth checking out. I think that one looks like it could be fun. And I hope, as long as it's cheap, I'll probably buy it. Um, but hey, Ross, I think we did it. It, it wasn't e 3 z but oh nice we nice. <laughs> we got through it <laughs> we did but that's one last thing to do before we go of course and that's the Mark Allen's favourite fact for next week so 
I'm going to go first at mine. So okay. again, everybody, you have to help us out here. You have to guess which one of these is true or false. So I'll go mine first. And mine is to celebrate some kind of recent anniversary of Jurassic Park, which was was released like 27 years ago or 25 years ago there, two days ago. Anyway, 93. Yeah, 93 was when it came out. 93, there you go. Yes. So Mark Hamill <gasps> was the original first choice for Dr. Alan Grant. I'm going to pass out one day doing that. Okay, interesting. Here's my Rob fact. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay, great. Here it is. The three renowned Pokemon birds, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, were inspired by the Spanish words one, two, and three. Mm. What do you think of that? What an interesting choice the listeners have to make. Indeed. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of I Understood That Reference. Honestly, I'm astonished. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been going great. We've been having a great time. We always have a great time. But keep it up, guys. You can find us everywhere on like Spotify and now Google Podcasts, Podcasts or something. I don't know how I found that. I was just checking, you know, what we were ranking for when you'd search certain terms. And like, if you, I think if you search Cap Understands on Google, it literally displays our episodes up top in the search results page. It's unbelievable. And then you click into it. I've always said Google's my best friend. Well, why don't you do a podcast with him then? <laughs> Well, maybe I will. At least be that Google voice thing. No, every time you have to ask it a question, every time you're looking for a response if you're doing a podcast, you have to keep going, okay, Google, <laughs> every single time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Google, what's that reference? <laughs> It'll get it every time as well. Exactly. And we're like, oh, we're crap just, at this. Let <laughs> me just search the internet. <laughs> right, guys, you can find us on Twitter. It's at CapUnderstands. Mm-hmm. If you want to send us some emails, it's the lads at CapUnderstands.com. We it. have a website. Rob, would you want to send them there? Do you want to send them it's there? It's CapUnderstands.com. There's a theme. We kept to it. Um, yeah, we're, we certainly well, we, kept to it what do you say yeah we're on, we're, on, we're on and then of course probably you can listen to the, the episodes on the website of course but probably the easiest if you're on the move is Spotify and iTunes and now Google Podcasts and uh, Ross's personal brand Podtail of course that's that's his podcast startup my favourite <laughs> I've been working on my Podtail all week <laughs> <laughs> that's your final fantasy yeah but yeah it's been great I think we've managed to get to the end so as always one last thing to say I've been Rob I've been Ross. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everyone. Do-do. Bye. Do-do. I, I nearly did the big, the, the, not the big panther. I nearly did the pink panther. Tune in there. So you know what the pink panther is? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>